You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to this Scandinavian preview with the, where we preview the squads, the preliminary squads for Sweden and Finland before the World Junior Championships. And it feels really, really weird to speak about the World Junior Championships at the end of June, looking forward to the tournament uh, come end of uh, July and early August. Uh, I'm joined with by none other than Anton Rasegård in Montreal. Yeah, right from uh, Plateau Mont-Royal. So I, I, feel, uh, I feel more and more Quebecois for, uh, for every day that I'm here. You're literally the heart of the pod right now. I am. I am. I, I like literally because we're since uh, Drake moved uh, moved out of Montreal now as well. We we have fewer and fewer like residents in Montreal. So I feel like I'm actually you know carrying the team here. Yeah. Well, uh, we're glad to have you on as always. And um, I was at the uh, or at I was uh, on the uh, team's call that uh, when Sweden's uh, squad was released the other day. And uh, it's an interesting qu- squad, and it's also two very different approaches that we're going to talk about here, because Sweden has put a limited pl- uh, amount of players into the squad, uh, whereas Finland has more or less taken out two teams and, in order to prepare themselves for the tournament. Um, kind of difficult approaches, something. What do you make of that? Yeah, uh, as we were talking about b- before we started recording, that uh, it feels like Finland has a more sound approach to this, especially since it's in the be- like it's during the middle of the summer. So it's really it's kind of like the World Cup in soccer this year that is unprecedented. We don't know really what to expect. Normally, players come from you know they've played for two or three months beforehand, and then they go into Christmas and they play World Juniors. And now it's you know in August and. I just feel like it's a more sound approach, especially when you have another World Juniors coming up just a few months later to actually, you know, get as many players in there as you can and just use it as a development developmental camp for both this World Juniors and next year's. So in regards to Sweden, it feels like Sweden always takes this approach, you know, focus on the oldest guys, like, you know, the guys who are not going to be there next year and... And, you know, trying to build, you know, a squad with the 20-something players that know each other quite well from having played, um, you know, in several junior, um, well, Sweden junior squads before, and they are the same age, and and it's kind of, kind of a coherent approach. But it, I, I would be more optimistic if I was from Finland. I also spoke with uh, Thomas Montaigne, who makes his last uh, tournament as a coach. Uh, or as a Swedish coach, at least, uh, or as a team Sweden coach. I mm. should probably say that. Uh, but uh, he mentioned the fact that a lot or, or all of the um, players in Sweden are more or less um, drafted. It's Mons Forsell who isn't. Uh, Matthias Hävelid will be uh, come... Uh, the draft, and the same goes for uh, Jonathan Lekermäki uh, yeah. as well. Um, but but a lot of them are 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 drafted, and he said they're not going to have a meet up in Stockholm before the tournament. Uh, a lot of these players will go to development camp 
and stay with their respectively team in order to use their facilities and prepare themselves for the World Juniors and then have a week-long camp just before the World Juniors and, and kick off from there. Mm. What do you think about that? I, I, with, with looking at the list from Finland, there are a lot of players that are not drafted. So I can see them making this two-team tryout in a way. Uh, and, and I think that's really, really smart with that approach. When you have as many players drafted as Sweden have in, on, on their roster, mm. I think it's very smart to not have them travel back and forth another time over the Atlantic. Mm. Uh, so I think it's smarter to put some extra effort in early uh, in, in, in North America before the tournament and see what comes there. It also probably helps um, for Finland that they have hybrid ice and, and a lot of different sets of ice um, around Helsinki so they can practice on a North American sheet whereas Sweden can't. So, so it mm. makes sense from that approach as well. I know, speaking to uh, quite a few of, of both Finnish and Swedish coaches, that they reckon it takes almost five to seven days uh, for um, a junior player to adjust from the time difference and getting back into practice at 100% when they come back after development camp. Yeah. Uh, so, so swapping that, I, can, I think that the Swedish approach is it's quite well thought out. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, especially if you, uh, like, as you say, have that many players already drafted who will be like at, at a developmental, you know, development camp after after the draft. So, like, yeah, it it makes sense to do it that way when you're still going to be in uh, in Canada for the actual tournament. Uh, Sweden has also left a couple of spots open for um, late additions when teams see what they want to know about their prospects on development camp and who they can talk into lending the the players into to um, team Sweden as well we have that discussion on on the ice on the price chat with some of the you know potential first round picks from from this mm. uh, from this year's draft and will they play with Montreal and, and Montreal, do they really want to have them go to the World Juniors this late in between the development camp and the regular camp as well, uh, injuries, etc., etc. So it, it, it will be a kind of a different thing. I, if, if you look at the Swedish uh, team here, Wallerstedt is all, already in Minnesota. We know he won't play in the NHL uh, unless something terrible happens in Minnesota. Uh, mm. he, he'll probably stay in the AHL and I think it's a good development for Wallstedt I, I like him a lot uh, then you have Kelly Klang who's uh, really strong in Rögle uh, he'll be there well, this season yeah he will stay in Rögle really. yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I assume so I haven't yeah. heard anything else uh, I haven't seen that Rögle has signed a third goalie that is a no. little bit higher up the lineup than, than we think Carl Lidboom in in Jurgården uh, in as well Um uh, and then you have Helge Granz, who is uh, with Ontario already with the rain, and uh, Evil Andre, who is uh, actually a Division Two player. Or he played he, really he, well this season for H seventy one. Exactly, he played really, really well. Strong. He will be the captain, and uh, for the team, unless he declines it. But I yeah, I was gonna say, him. don't don't you think there's a chance that Philadelphia maybe wants him to, uh, you know, 
stay out of the i mean i was just thinking like do you think there's a chance that philadelphia sees him as an nhl player from the start of the season or i can't see that happening no no so so i think you know and and they they do like the nhl team speaks to the shl teams or or hockey alsanskan teams and say how how many minutes will you play and will he get the chance to play in power play did he will he get the chance to play on the box play uh will he get the first or second line and if they don't and uh, th- then they might take him over and, and play him in the ahl instead but i can't mm-hmm. see on there go directly into philly's lineup and and they, it will have to be super strong and let's face it he, he finished the season with a terrible concussion uh so i hope he he's just stay safe and plays really good this year and and then he will make the jump into the nhl that way mm. uh the the leader of the under 18 team that actually won gold is matthias hebelid and he's included he will go as david san luis said um somewhere uh in in the first round um later half of the first round mm. uh he's in there as well i think also Uh, there's no chance that he makes a team straight out of of the of rookie camp either. So no, he's 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 ranked after the well in the 20s 30s yeah. right in in the draft. I was going to say about Havelid as well. He's right-handed, isn't he? So yeah, uh, so, yeah. so he's one of the candidates once uh David Jiracek and um Simon Nemitz are drafted there is a competition for who's going to be the third right-handed defenseman off the board. Uh, so that could actually potentially move him or Ryan Chesley or Sam Rensel or the other candidates up draft boards, uh, you know, quite high because there is, you know, a limit on right-handed defensemen who are considered first-rounders. So we'll there, see. There's also the fact that uh, he has these uh, leadership abilities that uh, everyone speaks very highly of in Vin Schöping mm. and in, in the under-20 team. and under Inherited from his uh, father. Yes. That not everyone knows, uh, played in the NHL, I think, no. uh, two seasons or three seasons he was... Yeah. Uh, up and down so uh, Malmo legend Niklas Havelid yeah indeed and we trust the Malmo guy to to know it <laughs> yeah exactly uh we got Porchfjell as well um interesting guy um playing in Skellefteå I know they really like him up there he he had I think he will make the jump into a regular spot this year mm. uh he was up and down last year Uh, I don't think uh, the next guy on the on the lineup will will need an, any introduction because it's Simon Edvinson who will yeah. I look to go into Detroit and and make a statement this year and the question is if Detroit will let him play in the World Juniors but right now he is on the on the roster and I would assume Thomas Montana's made that deal with Detroit already. Mm. Uh, Leo Löv is a, an odd odd man out really in in uh, Sweden I, I wrote about him both for McKean's and, and for Ice on the Price. And uh, it's really weird to see a young Swedish player play in Finland. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's a big bruiser kind of guy, typical St. Louis Blues player, if, uh, defender, if we look at it that way. Uh, really strong. Uh, something that I think was needed. I was actually kind of impressed with him, the way he played in, the, in those two games for the World Juniors in, in, yeah. um, in January. So um, it's an it's it's a player to look into and and see what we can do. Then the big thing in Sweden for last year's tournament uh, was that William Hallander wasn't included in the lineup, and I can tell you the the coaching staff in Rugby was very upset. Valinder himself was really upset, mm. and 
they really showed uh, Montaigne and the coaching staff that they were in the wrong because the second half of the season that William Wallinder had was outstanding. And mm. uh, he will be uh, one of the top four defenders in this on this roster. I can I cannot see anything else happening. And it's another one of these Detroit Red Wings Swedes, right? So yeah, yeah. You know, they, when they doubt, have a lot of draft, them. Just draft out of Frelon and Rögle will be there. Oh, actually, he was drafted out of the uh, Modo. Right. Yeah, but uh, but it's impressive and well. And and I, I tweeted about it and. Looking at it, it's it's important to to consider even uh, if if there is a little bit of a drawback to like Ruglis and a development club, there is a lot of players going to Rugby because it is a development development club. They mm. might not have grown up there, but it also I mean there are five players on this Swedish roster that as of May the first have Rugby as their uh, home club. Mm. And it speaks a lot about the development that goes on there. For, to, in order to make that step from uh, SHL to the NHL, um, Morris Sider really showcased that. And, and well, we, we can see with the NHL awards that uh, it was a smart way of, of going back into Sweden, playing a full season and showcasing what he can do. I'm not surprised at all that he got the Rookie of the Year award. Uh, and I but think that, that also helps naturally for a club like Regla, who is, you know, really on the rise to just show like, well, if you come to us, you can develop into something worthy of, you know, a Calder trophy. So, of course, that's going to, you know, help attracting other young players. Success breeds success. It's as easy as that. And we've seen it before with uh, Modo, you know, when, when we grew up a couple of, <laughs> of decades ago, it feels like. Uh, but... Uh, and then it was you, Gordon, that had a big, strong unit of, of players coming through at the same time. Threllanda was the next one, and now it's Rögle. So, so the question is, which team will take it, take up after Rögle? Because this is a good way of, of earning a bit of money because you get development money from the NHL, but also uh, it's a smart way of, of actually keep limiting your own budget. Uh, because obviously rookie contracts are, are cheaper in Sweden as well. The last one is uh, Joel Nyström uh, for, from Färjestad and is drafted by Carolina. Uh, and, and Färjestad is that team that I think will pick up after Rögle. Uh, they're restructuring their whole organization right now, and I think it's a really good move. Unfortunately, they're also the champions of the SHL, uh, won Le Mat Trophy this year. Uh, really strong team, classic team. Uh, from last rivalry, uh, rival team more often than not. Uh, very, very impressed. And, uh, you know, the captain was Jacob De La Rose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Montreal, Montreal bred. Yeah, legend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and uh, he obviously went home to, to be with his mom, who passed away from cancer uh, yes. last year. Uh, Daniel Jungman again a regular player from now on uh, Fabian Lissell we spoke about him um, had a little bit of a terminal mill here in, in Sweden where he went from uh, Frölunda in the middle of the draft season to Luleå and then Boston picked him uh, late first round if I remember correctly and sent him to Vancouver Giants in uh, OHL right? Uh, in the WHL yeah. and uh, 
Um, he's played very well there from, from what I've heard. So I think it was a very, very smart move. I think he needed to get out of Sweden in that regard mm. because there was too much spotlight on, on other things. Um, I mean, okay. it, it kind yeah. of like, I mean, he did the same, the same type of, um, well, I mean, kind of odd, odd move when you're, you know, a high, high profile draft pick as Noel Gundler did a couple yeah. of years ago. Noel Gundler seems to have picked up his game, staying at home uh, in Brynäs, but uh, obviously for Lucelle being a first round draft pick and everything, you know, it's important to just, you know, get, get his head sorted and and focus on the focus on the stuff that matters if he wants to have a successful career then then in order normally we we sweden will uh, try to fake you out with a uh, finnish name but right now this time we will fake you with a uh, norwegian name with okay stackestad um really good players stood out for a, a karlskoga team that played really well in hockey elsenskan last year as well um uh, interestingly enough i think he will get drafted sometime during the, the later rounds this year if he isn't already drafted I don't think no, he, he isn't drafted but he's born uh, in he's already 20 so yeah. that's the question if, if he's just I mean he had 7 points in 24 games so like in Hockey Alsanskan is that enough? maybe not but he no. is that kind of player that, that uh, makes others he, better yeah and also like that you can shove in anywhere yeah. and he will always does, do his job um, a little bit of those players that you regularly see on the fourth line in, in NHL. Hmm. Um, I don't think William Eklund needs <laughs> another introduction, but uh, no. uh, he will be the leader of this team, uh, at least on the on the forward group. And uh, he has great shot, great skills. He benefited from being home, even if Hugh Gordon was relegated in the end. Uh, but it's it's. I think it was very important for him and. The fact was that you got. I don't think it was the players' fault that you got and got relegated. It was the organization as a whole, uh, including. It's all Barry Smith's fault. Yeah, well, I was going to get to that, but yeah. but uh, uh, in in the end, yeah. But it was also the the uh, board that hired Barry Smith. Yeah, of course. And waited too long, and they. I think they got in some typical North American players that one guy didn't know that if you tossed your gloves, you were. Uh, uh, you were automatically suspended for a game in Sweden or something like that. And, you know, it, it, it just screamed of unprofessionalism in the whole fall last year. And, and William Eklund was stuck in that, really. And uh, uh, not even him could save them at, in, at the end. Mm. Uh, Linus Kordain in regular. Then one of my favorite guys and has flown under the radar a little bit because he plays for Vecchio and it's a really, really strong team. But Victor Kanbori is, is, is his upside. If he, if he reaches it, he could definitely be a middle six center in the NHL. So keep an eye on that. I think Chicago got a little bit of a good deal there when, uh, when they drafted him quite late. I think it was the fifth or sixth round. Uh, it was the fourth. Oh, okay, yeah. But I, I remember you talking a lot about you wanting, you know, the Canadians to draft him last year. Yeah. So I, I, I really, I really, really like him. Uh, so I'm not surprised to see him here. He's, he's a taking... heavy. He's a quite a heavy dude. I mean, he's five ten and two hundred three pounds. It's yeah, a it's... lot of. It's a lot of. Uh, it's a lot of body mass on quite a small yeah. player. And he's really tough to to take the puck off. It's it, mm. a lot of those 
uh, kilos are are not just fat; it's pure muscle most of it. So, uh, so he he has learned to play that just because he is so small. He's learned to play a big game and and built up a balance and and low center of gravity. It's really really interesting. I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to see him in this tournament. Actually, um, Zakarosian is uh, one play, player that. Uh, Heinemann played with quite a bit in in Lexon last year. Uh, also interesting to see. Um, and then, do you have also, anything to say on Albert Huerbay? Not really. Um, no. I actually haven't watched Sedatelli as much as I should have. Probably, <laughs> I didn't yeah. even watch Sedatelli when they played Kristiansen uh, last year. So. <laughs> no. Um, then we have Jonathan Lekermeki. I'm I'm undecided about. I see him in the top ten this uh, for this draft. Great shot, fantastic under 18 tournament. I'm still not sure that he should be top 10, though. Mm. Um, I don't think he has the hockey IQ. I've, I've spoken with quite a few people about him maybe making the move in a similar way to uh, Elias Pedersen uh, into center. But we all agree that his hockey IQ isn't really up to the same level. I'm not sure that we were with Elias Pedersen either. When he was drafted, that hockey IQ was the thing that stood out. But um, it's it's interesting. Um, I would assume he will play on one wing, and and uh, uh, we will have um, William Eklund on the other, and then you'll have a center that can just distribute passes left, right, and center, and it will it will be a tornado of pucks flying towards the opposing goalie. Also, uh, also like I, I wrote, I wrote about. Um... Uh, Lekin and Mackie's teammates, Kalle Odelius, for a, for a draft pro- profile. And I was just thinking, like, I mean, now that Gordon were relegated to Hockey Allsvenskan, they will probably end up in somewhat of a similar situation to HV71, where they have to rely more on their young guys. And obviously, like, if Lekin and Mackie needs to develop certain aspects of his game, it could actually be quite a benefit to play in a slightly worse league and be a top team there and be able to make a few mistakes instead of being a bottom feeder in the SHL. And that works for him and Odelius and, and uh, Noah Östlund and Liam Ögren as well. Um, the question for me is, when we speak about this, is that I don't see you, Gordon, that they are going to do the same kind of thing that Hove did and, and go for it to be, be promoted uh, directly. Mm. And then you won't have a top line of your junior players. No, 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 not the top line. But I'm saying, like, if they if they are used and, in the middle six, yeah, and that means that I'm wondering if an NHL team would rather make sure he plays in the AHL the upcoming season. I know he doesn't want to, or that he has very clearly stated he wants to play Yugoslav next year. Hmm. Uh, but you know, if if uh, it all depends on on uh, deployment and and. Uh, how many minutes he will be able to play. I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, a NHL team agrees with that development. Um, it'd be interesting to follow. He, I'm, I'm be interesting to see how um, Montaigne lines up this. If he, if he do uh, the thing I just said, that he would put a, a puck distributing center with a defense acumen um, with Ekelund and Lekkermäki because it could be really, really interesting to see just the number of shots in, in a shift uh, because uh, both of them loves to shoot. Mm. And both of them have really good shots as well. So it's not only that. Uh, one of them, uh, there are two, two former Frenda players here as well. And it's uh, Theodor Niederbach, 
who left Frölunda to go to Rögle, as we said, in order to get that uh, little bit of a uh, restart and, and playing a little bit more. He's been borderline all the, all the time uh, with Frölunda. He's gotten a few play, uh, quite a bit of games but very little playtime in regards to those uh, games uh, in SHL this year. Um, strong, secure, uh, also with a good shot. Um, I'm looking forward to see what he can do in regular, though. I, I think he can uh, break out really, really strong. And obviously, it's another one of those Detroit Swedish guys as well. Yeah. Um, and then it's uh, Oscar Magnusson, who is drafted by Washington. Um, AIK, uh, I think he also had a pretty decent season when AIK finally got going last year. Uh, it was a bit up and down before that, though. Um, and then it's uh, Daniel Torgerson, who has had a terrible, terrible uh, season with different knee injuries up and down the, the lineup. But uh, he's looking to go to Winnipeg and, and play there, and I think he will do very, very well. Yeah, in the in the few games he played for Manitoba Moose, the AHL affiliate of Win- the Winnipeg Jets, he had three points in four games. So he showed something, but it was just a, in limited action. He he loved it as well. I just read an interview with him from Johanna Rylander, and and he loved it in in mm. in, in uh, Manitoba. And uh, he said it was very similar setup to to uh, uh, Freeland as well, where as both teams share the same training facility, and you can. Uh, you can learn from the NHL players. So very, very, he was very happy with, with his time in Canada this uh, spring. I mean, he, he could be the first one to be happy being in Manitoba. <laughs> I mean, the, fir- the, the first out of Manitoba ever. Well, maybe we, we don't know. Just we'll I was see gonna... if he gets out. That, that... <laughs> I was, I was going to say, just ask Patrick Laine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, he was happy to leave, right? Uh, yeah, well, and, I mean, and, he... and with that finished transition, we're going in exactly this lineup. <laughs> the thing is, we, we're just going to pick a few random names here. Can, obviously... I, can, I, can I just be, before yeah. we go to the finished team? I was just uh, with Montreal in mind, I was just thinking, do you think there is a chance that Emil Heinemann uh, will be one of the three players added to this team in the end? I think he's overaging, he's aged out, right? He maybe has. Maybe it's 2001. I wasn't thinking of it yeah. because it's obviously the 2020 draft. Yes, yeah. yes, November 16th. Sorry. Uh, so, so I think he, he's aged out, uh, which yes. is unfortunate in some ways, but also it's full focus on on uh, on Rocket. And uh, well, we'll see how how he translates into the new Archer Lekonen, as everyone says he should manage <laughs> to do. Yeah. Um, when we're looking at the Finnish team. It is more of an unknown team when it comes to different uh, draft picks. They're, they're, many of them are drafted at lower levels, and uh, there are not that kind of star-studded uh, as we sort of have expected from Finland the last couple of years, where they have a top line that is over over the top, really, with, mm. with talent, and the rest are just there to to fill out the, the, the roles. Uh, we saw one player that fulfilled his role perfectly in, uh, in uh, the th- two or three games that Finland played in the World Juniors last year, and, and that was Oliver Kapanen, uh, who was center for the second line. But by using Oliver Kapanen's shutdown line uh, on the second line and, and canceling out uh, one of the top two lines for the opposing team, uh, 
Brad Lampert was freed up and, and he could use his speed and he could use his uh, skill uh, to really dominate those two games or, or those few games that he played in. Um, I, it was against a little bit of a weak opposition, but it's still interesting to see. And I would expect the, the coaches of Finland to, to continue that approach because it was very successful. Absolutely, yeah. And and there we have the the one player so far that is on the, on Montreal's roster, and and that is Oliver Kapanen, and mm. he had a pretty decent, good. Let's be honest, he had a pretty good um, playoffs in the under twenty with Kalpa last season, and it will be interesting to see if he can bring that in into uh, the World Juniors again, and 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 maybe become a little bit more of a leader on that team with the experience that he has. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Kapanen takes uh, takes the next step into a full, you know, full blown, uh, you know, senior player this upcoming year as well. And he is still available for for the World Juniors in January. Then, so it will really be a a, a long season for him. Mm. And uh, we will see how Kalpa develops him as well. We we all know with Kalpa that it's uh, a little bit up and down sometimes uh, with playtime and. Uh, and practice and, and where are you going to play your games? Sometimes it's under 20s and sometimes they go on loan and sometimes they come back and play with the, uh, with the A team. And, and uh, I really hope he gets to stay with the, with the Liga team this year. Um, he has a lot to show and I'm not convinced uh, yet about his qualities. Uh, and, but, but you saw glimpses of it in, in both in the Four Nations tournament in November in Engelholm, where I was, and also uh, during the World Juniors, and then at the end of the tournament, uh, end of the season, when he played really, really good with his Kalpa uh, under twenties, even if he was sent off for five minute fighting uh, because just you know mm. he was a little bit pissed at the end. Uh, mm. Uh, looking at it though, uh, names here that stands out for you, Anton. I know you've written quite a few draft profiles of, of some of these players. Exactly, but most of them were two years ago. So now I'm, uh, you know, now I'm uh, just thinking about how they've developed during this time. But we have guys like uh, Topi Niemele. I know that he's a Toronto prospect. Um, we have uh, as defenders. Uh, we have Ruben, Ruben Rafkin there. We have uh, Alexi Helmosalmi. We have. Uh, Emil Biro, uh, I don't know. Was Emil Biro one of the guys who was surprisingly undrafted, or how how did it actually go in the end? I'm gonna check him out. Um, Emil Biro from TPS. He was um, no, he was drafted in the third round. Yeah. Um, so otherwise, we have uh, a lot of uh, offensive power as well, naturally. For the Finnish team, we have um, small guys, Roni Hirvonen and Kasper Simon Taival. And to even that out, you have big man Samuel Helenius, who is about 6'6, six, 6'7. Six, six, he's a monster. Yeah, he's a monster. <laughs> uh, hasn't hit the ground running. Uh, I think he's drafted by the Kings. Uh, but you know there's a lot to uh, a lot to like about his uh, his you know big man play in the middle of the field. Uh, we have Aturatu, who obviously is uh, one of the more intriguing prospects since he going into the 2021 no 2020 2021 season. Uh, he was considered 
to be the uh, prospective top five. Yeah, top five or even top one. He was he was considered the one who was gonna you know who you were gonna have to beat out to be chosen first overall, and then he just tanked that season. It just like nothing worked for him. And this season, he's actually made up for it. He's had a very productive season in Liga. So it will be fun to see how he is uh, compared to his, um, you know, compared to his peers. And the same goes for Brad Lambert, who, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Brad Lambert and, you know, a possible lack of effort or a demanding father. And he changed teams in the middle of the season this year and he's dropped down draft boards and may be selected out of the top 10. But in the two games he played for uh, for Finland at the World Juniors before it was cancelled, he was excellent. And uh, maybe this is just what he needs, you know, just some consistency. You know, um, he will take on a leading role on that team, even if he's one of the younger guys. Um, and he will probably get set up in in you know a good position to provide provide points uh, both on power play and five on five. And you have guys like uh, Robbie Yerventi, for example, who are like natural-born scorers, uh, who should be able to to um, to help Lambert, you know, uh, provide for provide for the team. Um, and what you can see when you look at the roster so far as well is that you almost have um, a couple of lines that are set because they played with each other at juniors. Um, from the same teams and and i think that could speak volumes as well and this is what we have seen with the finnish team more often than not that you take a bunch of finnish players and they will outperform everyone else no matter what skill level the others are at because they have the heart they have the sisu uh, and and uh, they bond together as that group uh, us against the world and and uh, has been very successful let's let's mm-hmm. face it um both at junior level and both at uh, senior team level as well with an Olympic gold and world championship gold this year. And, and uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's fantastic to see really um, where the sum of the parts is greater than the, than the individual parts themselves. And um, the, the fact that Finland has put together two teams, mm-hmm. one, as we mentioned earlier, uh, that it would be because you have an under 20 tournament coming up in January again, so you need to, to see how they these players stack up. But also, because you, you want to have a good group of working together and you can take out a bad apple if there's something happening that, that shouldn't really be happening. I think it's, it speaks volumes about the coaching strategy of Finland again. And you saw that with, with the Kapanen last year as well. He, he went in and he took the role that he was asked to do and he did it perfectly. Yeah, he really did. And that tells you something about the coaching staff as well, knowing how to put the players in position to, to you know, play their best game. Indeed. And, and um, even if it's uh, we're not spending as much time on, on Finland this time, it is interesting uh, because the components are really, really good. And uh, the chefs that are working with them are, are, are even better. Uh, and and uh, that is maybe another thing that, um, people who follows me has figured out already, but uh, I'm not a huge fan of, of the Swedish uh, coaching staff and Thomas Montaigne in particular, but whereas you see Finland's coaching staff, they are really building on success and success breeds more success. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really interesting to, to see how this will turn out. And uh, as we mentioned at the intro of this podcast as well, 
to have two teams it's it's really interesting and there are some mm. very uh cool players that that um, i hope makes it into to uh, uh the t- the team and one player that i will be looking really uh, uh focused on is uh, elmeri laxo who uh, had a really good playoffs in the under 20s uh, last year and uh, defenseman right defenseman yeah on mm. the b team and mm. uh, he's the one maybe i should that that i would like say look at this guy because mm. he can he can be really really good and then obviously uh, we have consta uh, kapan there on the b team as well so uh, the cousin of cousin of Oliver. yeah and yeah. Uh, so it should be uh, and it's sami's Sami Kapanen's son, I think. Uh, so it's it's interesting in that regard. And will the cousins be able to play together or not uh, in, on on this stage? We'll see. Most likely, we'll be able to play together in come January. I'm not sure they will here in 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 August, but there it is. Um, I wanted to ask you as well before we quit, uh, yeah. before we finish, uh, about uh, if you have any opinion about uh, you know the other 2022 draft prospect in the A team, Joachim Kemel. Um, he's he's uh, if, when we spoke about shooters in in uh, in the Swedish team, um, mm. I tell you that uh, he is even better. <laughs> It's as easy as that. Uh, at one point before he got injured uh, last fall, he was leading Liga in points and goals as an uh, as a junior player. Mm. He, he he led the whole of Liga and he was wearing the golden bucket uh, with pride. Uh, so yeah, um, if he gets going, there will be a lot of teams that has to uh, focus on him, and I think you will have to uh, be able to um, that that will free up space for someone else. Uh, the question is, will he get going? I, I hope he does because he's a great player, and uh, I know for a while uh, that uh, McKean's. I think it was around December we had him at number three in our draft uh, rankings at that point um, and the Finnish guy was super super high on Kemel and uh, it's 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 a player to watch uh, it, fe- it feels it almost feels like you could create kind of a uh, an Alex Holtz um, and uh, Lucas Raymond kind of combination with Joachim Kemel and Brad Lambert You could, and it all comes down to you know sacrificing yourself for the team. Will Will Lampert be able to do that? Because yeah. that's that's what we hope he will do. And and if he does, I think he has a really someone that will draft him in between eight and and fifteen will have made a really good draft. Uh, we know David Sonlouis is is he's really really uh, intrigued by Lampert skating wise. He's really good. The question is, is surrounding if he can put all these pieces together and, and maybe block out everything around him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a really strong team uh, with with focus on team. There is no uh, I in team, but there is a me. But uh, there there the uh, the Finnish team is again a team, uh, whereas the Swedish team is maybe more. Uh, two top six uh, and two bottom six lines with a quite of a big uh, gap between them. You listen to the uh, first part of the summer, really, because it's 30 degrees here in Sweden. <laughs> and uh, um, we will get back to you with uh, more uh, from the draft 
from uh, the World Juniors, from Development Camp, and obviously from, from uh, the top 25 under 25, where Anton and I already have started to plan for all the podcasts that will go out around that time. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for joining me from uh, Montreal. Uh, again, if you see uh, someone with a right, uh, make the right choice jersey or t-shirt uh, on the draft, we know it's Anton. Unless he wears ribbons in jersey, because then, then it's Anton as well. Thank you.